Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The world's longest running motorsport magazine show, Midweek Motorsport. News, features, special guests and analysis from the experts. Formula One, sports car and endurance racing, rallying, touring cars and bikes. If it has wheels and an engine and they keep score, it's on Midweek Motorsport. Hello everybody and welcome to a special edition of Midweek Motorsport. We're looking back over the last decade of news, speculation and comment, interviews, game shows and calling foreign accents. We'll start the programme with Formula One. Yay! If only Nick was here. A branch of motorsport where we do have Nick Damon as our correspondent. Now he spent years mincing up and down the pit lanes of the world and he claims to have some knowledge of the sport. Wouldn't guess that from some of his predictions. Yes, we're talking about Spiker MFI and the sales now on. Last year, you'll remember they ran Christian Albers and Tiago Montero, but our F1 correspondent Nick Damon made a prediction that Montero wouldn't be racing for them again in 2007. Now, if you remember, he also made similar predictions about Ralph Schumacher, Jano Trulli, Giancarlo Fisichella, and Rubens Barrichello, all of whom were subsequently given contracts by their respective teams. However, he has finally got one prediction correct when they announced finally that Adrian Sutil would be racing alongside Albers this season. Sutil was one of a number of test drivers at the team in 2006. This year, even more names have been linked with test roles at Spiker. But the questions everyone wants answers are, how many of them will actually test? How many of them will actually sit behind the wheel? Those are the questions that we can find the answers to with our F1 correspondent Nick Damon as we play Wheel or No Wheel. Yes, it's Wheel or No Wheel, the uh, quiz show with uh, 22 boxes, and each one has the uh, name of a Formula One potential test driver uh, for the uh, Spiker MF1 team, and uh, Nick Damon. Hello there, Tim. He joins us from Norway this in, uh, in Lillehammer, believe it or not. It's, uh, it's minus 12 at the moment, so I'm having a marvellous time. It's dark almost all the time, but, you know... If someone will pay me to go somewhere, I'll be there. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, you've got your own box there. 21 other boxes uh, spread around the studio. I have, like, can confirm I did choose this box independently um, in front of the adjudicator earlier. Fantastic. Uh, you know the rules? I do, indeed. Okay. So, let's uh, let's start to play. And uh, let's uh, pick your first number, please. I'll have number seven, please. Number seven. Let's open number seven. It's... Number? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have number 11, please. 
Number 11. That is Roman Rusinov. Who? <laughs> Roman Rusinov. You must remember Roman Rusinov. Vaguely. Uh, 14? Number, number 14. Someone who uh, did uh, GP2. Yeah, it's good old Adrian. So, um, do you think any of them have got a chance of actually uh, testing for uh, Spiker well, at any point in 2007? Christian Clean, obviously, no, um, because he has actually got a real job um, with um, uh, B- <laughs> say BAR, then how awful, uh, with Honda, um, where obviously he got shrouds of time, but the, the common perception is that uh, Mr. Paffett's management, i.e. the Brundles and Brundle team, asked for too much cash, which is, uh, it is interesting. Oh, hang on. That'll be the banker. Hello? That is very interesting. And was it a crucial round? Very interesting. Nick? Yes? Put that down. <laughs> The banker is offering you Sakon Yamamoto. Well, I must admit I'm tempted by that, but I have heard that Sakon is going to be carried, is going to be kept on by Super Aguri. He's be their second test driver behind um, um, this is terrible. See, this is where you know it's that would be Gado van der Garde. That was it. <laughs> a name that just runs off the tongue, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, he, he he is he is going to be a test driver. He's already taken. So I'm going to have to say no test driver. Okay, no wheel for Nick there. So uh, I think you need to open another box. Uh, I'll have number one, please. Let's open number one. Ernesto Viso. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, I'll have number. I'll have number twenty now. Number 20 is uh, Marcus Winklehock, son of Manfred yeah, Winklehock um, and nephew he, of Joachim. He, he, he did actually get a go, didn't he? He actually got a go one Friday with Spiker this year, didn't he? He did, yes, yes. yes he, he was, as, as did Viso, I believe. As he was quite, as Viso, of course, got that one at the end of the year. He was quite impressive, I believe, or otherwise, or otherwise in terms of the cheque cleared. Um, yes. And I will also have top of the shop, 22. Number 22, that is Alex Premat. Uh, yes, Alex. Yes, Alex Premat, who it can only be said whose value has gone down significantly after having the floor wiped with him um, by Lewis. It's like that Lewis was in his first year and, and Alex was in his second in the same team. Um, having previously also uh, had a similar experience with Nico Rosberg. Yeah, I mean, I think um, of those, I would say the person most likely to do well is, is, is Mr. Winklehock. But again, it's it's it's, it's a difficult situation because it's you know when they're all testing and all driving, and it, none, none of them are standout, is it really? No. So am I going to get an offer now? Uh, let's wait for the banker to call. Okay. Shouldn't preempt to get upset about that, will he? He will. I have to keep taking my head. Okay. I shall put that to our contestant. Mm. Thank you, banker. The banker is saying. Giorgio Mondini. Right, you know what? I, I, to be honest, I was expecting something a little bit further up the league for after the second set. You know, I've, I've, I've opened the six boxes. I'm still doing well. I've got all. I've got most of the big drivers left. So I'm going to have to definitely say no wheel to Giorgio Mondini. Oh, okay. In that case, you need to open another box. Pick another number, Nick. I'll have four, please. Number four. 
Jerome Bleakamolan. Okay, well, I guess he's okay. He's all right with an A1GP. And, and he's Dutch, of course, which is a bit of an advantage on Spiker. And he has uh, raced for the Spiker sports car team. Yes, um, no, interesting. Um, I think I've still got the power five. If I'm having the power five, I've got layer four, I think. Um, I'll have number six. Uh, that will be Gary Paffett. Oh, I've lost one of the power five. Oh, that's not. He's going to, you know, it's fallen against me. Gary, is, um, of course, the question with Gary is whether he's going to actually run in uh, in uh, DTM this year or not. Um, mm-hmm. He has got the possibly need someone to do some extra miles uh, at Elvington role at, uh, at McLaren. But well, let, let's just mention Elvington while we're here because we can cover two news stories uh, uh, at once here. Uh, Local council have uh, restricted Elvington to just ten days of Formula One testing uh, this year. They had they, were, they had sixteen last year, didn't they? They did, and yes. And they're all kind of ad hoc stuff. I think it was was it just McLaren? Was it McLaren and BAR were up there? Uh, several teams have been up there. McLaren uh, have been using it more than mm. the others. Because most I know that most of the straight line testing which um, Renault does is at the place I can't pronounce, Lustlevy, um, and the place that you didn't go to <laughs> when you had your opportunity to. Go and watch some straight line testing. I know, it's amazing, wasn't it? How could I turn that down? That was Ricardo Spurfico, was it? It was. It's like I haven't got, I don't go to Santa Pod either to see uh, people going up and down for no sensible reason either. But, um, um, yeah, I think it's really 10 days. Um, obviously, with the testing, with the testing um, restrictions in, you know, I think it's interesting because I think McLaren are, are, are looking to. For is to just get correlation about what they're seeing in the wind tunnel actually happens for real in the car. Because um, a, a number of times in the past, teams have gone completely off the rails because they've, they've, they've believed everything they've seen in the wind tunnel. When they got to real life, the actual bits didn't work. And so they actually want to run them up and down with real air rather than wind tunnel air and see if they work. So that's why they, 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 they need these straight line up and down. Bits do what they're supposed to do in crosswinds and, and, and that sort of thing. If I'd spent that much money on a wind tunnel, I'd expect it to be slightly better than that. Nick? Ah, this is the problem, you see. It, 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 you know, the real world is not is not modelled. You can't model the real world because of the way the wind shears, the way it comes sideways, the fact that it's not completely level, or, you know, in, in different attitudes and angles of attack. And it's the whole thing about... The, one of the things about aerodynamics we such about lack are, if you've got a car sitting straight in a, piece of, in, a, in a wind tunnel, it can look perfect. But you change the angle of the wind by a couple of degrees or you, change the, or you make it so it's not a consistent flow... And it can actually upset the whole thing and put things completely out of balance. Nick, we're playing Wheel or No Wheel, and we'll be back after this break. Thousands listen to Glowcast Radio every week via Sky, but they're fine if they're actually with the telly. One complaint is that when they move rooms, the fine mix of music and motorsport fades. And it really does seem to rather fade away. Diddly squat. And we know how frustrating this is. But now, the solution is in sight. Thanks to the Sky Gnome, you can listen anywhere in the house. Anywhere. In fact, up to 30 metres from the Digibox. It's simple to install, costs just under 70 quid, no subscription charges, and comes in flashy colours. The Sky Gnome means you can listen to Globecast Radio anywhere in the house. 
or the garden. The Sky Gnome. Great sound anywhere. And it's not green and red. With a fishing rod. Midweek Motorsport. Glowcast Radio. Welcome back to Wheel or No Wheel. And we're playing with Nick Damon, who's in uh, Lillehammer in Norway. Hello. It's cold. Uh, as, as we... Um, come back to the game at this crucial point it's turned into a very interesting game it certainly has we're we're down to just one box plus the one that nick himself picked in front of the independent adjudicator at the start of the evening and uh obviously nick with that box 14 box 16 the one box remaining mm-hmm. and uh we're waiting for the banker to come back to us with an offer Let's see what he's got to say. Banker, as you uh, appreciate, it is a crucial point in the game, isn't it? Oh. Let's see what Nick thinks of that. Nick? Yeah? The banker is offering you... Mm. Sebastian Bourdais. Oh, ah. Oh, that's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, that's, you know, on pure talent levels, you'd, you'd bite the hand of the banker off for Sebastian Bourdais in your box, obviously. Um, I mean, interesting, obviously, after his test, um, no one really knows. I mean, it's quite interesting. He seemed to go pretty well. He got on the speed straight away, um, though there were some rumblings about tyres and everything else. But the fact is, he, he jumped from the champ car in one day up to pace with with the Formula 1 car, which is traditionally taken guys who come across the States from takes a bit longer, to be honest. Oh, um, yes, and like um, two things. First of all, uh, Liuzzi issued a I'm not frightened of Bourdais statement, right, which is, which is uh, unimpressed, which is basically means... I of course, the other thing is that Toro Rosso keeps saying you know, that they've not got their driver line to confirm. Now, you know, it comes out... Because A, he's in the Red Bull family, and B, quite frankly, he's um, he's very, very good. You've got to look at Scott's speed, and, and you've got to think, if they, if, if they could get Bourdais, would they drop Scott's speed? Now, the whole point about him, and the programme's discussed very many times, that they've basically, Red Bull have changed their, their policy in the States. ...driver. Because they've got NASCAR with Red Bull all over it, and that, that covers their most sport angle. So do they actually need Scott Speed anymore? And the answer probably is no. And, of course, Sebastian Bourdais is a name which is well-known in America. Exactly. I mean, he would say, in some ways, I mean, if I was Scott Speed, I was thinking, this isn't, this, isn't looking, this isn't looking very good. It obviously depends, obviously, on what Seb's contract is for this year in Champ Car, because he came out of it, and they were all, already talking about 2008. So... You know, it's interesting, though, that, that suddenly, from us, and certainly Declan and, and, and Johnny himself, all really championing Sebastian, saying it's ridiculous that just because he doesn't get on with Flavio, he's never been given a chance. It, you know, you've got to say that if you were looking out there, casting out for someone who has that raw talent, and he's, what, he's 27, 28, and therefore has experience as well, you know, you'd go a long way before you'd find someone as good as Bourdais doing anything, you know, outside GP2, and the best GP2 drivers are both already in... F1, so he is the best driver not in F1, I would say. 
and it's really down to contracts and, and, and what they do, whether they can get him in. I, I think it'd be fantastic to get him in. It'd be great for F1 because it would help the French area. Steve, which has been very lacking in a drive for a couple of years since Olivier uh, Parnis retired. Sebastian's a great guy. He's a very good driver, and I think he, he would do very well. Of course, he tested for uh, Toro Rosso. So mm -hmm. uh, what do we think about him possibly testing for... Uh, Spiker MFI. I don't think he'll. I don't think he, he needs to do that, and I think he he knows what he's doing. Toros, of course, isn't Minardi. It's, he's on the way up. So you're. Uh, I'm going to have to say that whilst I would like to accept Sebastian, you're going Bordeaux, to reject the banker's offer. I'm going to reject the banker's offer. I'm going to go with the one in my box. Well, uh, you've got to open box 16 first. Okay, of I'll open box 16 first. Who who have I turned down? In box 16, you have. Well. This is very, very interesting. In box 16, you have Hoping... <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> well, in, in all honesty, I, I, I wish I won that just because I didn't, I didn't own the jingle. And I'm sure the, the, the PRS... Um, yes, well, uh, that is definitely, uh, he comes under the, the definitely under the, uh, the category of, my God, everybody's been linked with a drive, haven't they? Um... The test drive role, but I mean, it's interesting, really. I mean, he he ran the last A1 race, didn't he? Yes. Um, which surprised me because I was very surprised they dropped Frankie Ching. He was doing a pretty good job, I thought. Um, though I must admit, in, in a previous conversation, you told me the reason why. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that's quite so important. It seems to me actually that's that's another rule that's backfiring on A1 now because it's actually making the thing. It's actually taking it away and taking all the experienced drivers out. So I'm not quite sure that's that's a rule they want to keep in. Uh, in any length of time. Um, in fact, I would say if you run the rookie orientation session, you can't run the rest of the weekend, would be my version of the rule, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but um, no, he's a, he's a good enough driver, and he, I, I believe he has that other very useful thing for um, a potential spiker driver. I think he's got a Dutch license, isn't he? Uh, he is uh, half Dutch. Um, so it's a, it's a perfect combination, Dutch and uh, uh, the, the Dutch and China as well. I mean, there's a bit of money out in, uh, out in the Far East, and you know, and he has his own jingle and he has his own fan club here. So there we go, you know. Um, but I've turned him down. Oh dear. Yes. So but who do I have in my box? What have I? What do I take home with well, me to, 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 to get a spiker test drive? Well, let's open your box, Nick. And uh, <laughs> oh dear, Nick. Oh no. Tiago Montero. <laughs> oh. How could that happen? It's backfired my one addiction, and now I own him. What am I going to do with him? Spiker. Is, no. that, is that likely now? No. Montero has been absolutely silent since news that Sutil has got the main drive. Well, I mean, it, it, it's interesting, really. I mean, if, if Thiago had the... It's a bit of a, a damning indictment. They've chosen somebody else with cash rather than him. Uh, mm. But you know, it comes down to you know. I think Sutil is a much better option, much better chance. I mean, I suppose what happened Montero now, if he's got a reasonable amount of money, he's got an option of trying to get, I think, you know, some sort of role with perhaps a Toro Rosso, which I think they'd be unlikely to because of the Red Bull, obviously Red Bull link. Or there's plenty of decent runs going in Champ Car. Montero did do a few races in Champ Car a couple of years ago. He did. He has experience over there. Okay, Nick. So uh, unlucky for you. You should have, uh, you should have taken hoping to. I think. Uh, I've enjoyed the game, you know, and uh, <laughs> and uh, maybe next year if uh, people still have any idea what uh, deal or no deal is uh, in 12 months' time, we'll uh, play this again.
I would expect, unless Spiker are bought out again, because they don't seem to have got any more money than now they've got a new owner than MFI had, we'll be doing it with even more than 22 boxes. Midweek Motorsport with John Hindhoff. Last week on the show, John, uh, we had some news stories which involved the likes of Renke van der Zander. Oh, now that is a very, very good name indeed. Chris van der Drift. <laughs> Better still. Felipe Albuquerque. Albuquerque. We did. And hoping... Tung. Yes. <laughs> which amused you greatly. Yes, it did. <laughs> as you wondered if we'd come across <laughs> the most uh, unusual names in motorsport. Yes. So, you set a challenge to our listeners. Yes, I did. They've responded. Uh, to studio at 0157.org, yes. We've taken it a whole step further. Really? Because we have had some names which are clearly real racing drivers and some which are clearly not real racing drivers. Okay. So, we're going to play a little game, okay. which, uh, the rules of which are, I'm going to say a name. Yes. And we're going to run it over several weeks, because we've had so many that today we're only going to do the ones starting with the letter A. Okay. Are you going to give us some idea of, of, of what championships they might be running in? No, I'll tell you that if you guess them correctly. Oh, okay. Um, so... I read out the name of a driver or potential driver. Right. You have to guess whether it's uh, true or not true. Right. Uh, in our wonderful motorsport-related uh, parlour game called Call My Huff. <laughs> Very good. Very good indeed. Okay then. So the letter A is what we're bringing you tonight, yes. and we have how many? We have eight to choose from, so oh, just pick heavens. a random number from uh, one to eight. Uh, number five, please. Number five. Okay. Aram Hakobayan. Ooh. Aram Hakobayan. Is Aram. he a racing driver? Is he not a racing driver? True or hoof? That's the question. I think he is a racing driver. You'd be wrong. Ah, completely. Is he completely made up? No, he is a real person. He uh, is an international footballer. He plays for Armenia. Ah, okay, okay. So no points for Hindoff there. Uh, number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. The name is Jürgen Cocker. Jürgen Cocker. I hear the 1950s calling me. I think he was a driver. He wasn't. Okay, good. I'm starting off properly. Let's he, see if I can get a perfect score. He he was he was a uh, German historian, born in 1941 in Heindorf. <laughs> really? He was born in Heindorf? How, how, yeah. how, how that hyphenated or one word? Number three. Number three is Andre Borgman. Andre Borgman. Is he a racing driver or not a racing driver? He's a real racing driver. Unfortunately, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> He's the drummer with the Netherlands band After Forever. Uh, number seven. Number seven. Milan Maderic. Milan Maderic? Mm. How are we spelling that, Tim? Maderic? M-A-D-E-R-R-Y-C. Maderic. Maderic? Is he Russian? Is that South African? He's from the Czech Republic. Yes, he's a driver. He's a driver, says Andrew Cotton, and he is right. You were confident there, mate. Have you no, heard of him? No, I wasn't. Him? You were just bluffing, weren't you? <laughs> My wife said, appear confident at all times. I, th I think and as then soon as a, a we... quiz like this, 
Well, you're going to fall flat on your face anyway, so I'm going to give it a whirl. As soon as we said he was from the Czech Republic, you, you recognised him He did jump in rather again. quickly yes. there, yes. yes. And so, so you what, should what have you... done, because he did race in the uh, European Le Mans series and the FIA <laughs> GT Championship. <laughs> right, OK, uh, what else have I done? Number three. Uh, number three, Jabba Al-Khalifa. Now, that's a real person. It is. But I think he's a basketball player. You'd be wrong, because he races in the FIA <laughs> GT Championship and the Porsche Supercar. <laughs> oh, dear, this is... Could I have number eight, please? Number eight... Oh, this is uh, someone who has a real racing name, because his name is Racing Gardner. Racing Gardner. Driver or not a driver? Mm. Don't look at me for any help, <laughs> honestly. John hasn't seen these. I, d- I <laughs> never get to see these. I'm going to say that. that. That's... It's it's almost too obvious. Not a driver. He is a racing driver. Oh, That's appalling. Really? Racing Gardner. He raced in the Indy Racing League in 1996. That's not racing. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a different debate. <laughs> so all for one at the moment. Pick another number. Uh, can I have number one, please? Number one, Scooter Gable. Another oh, fantastic no. name. Now Scooter that name does ring a bell. Yes, I'm but is he, sure a is he a racing driver? driver or not? <laughs> is he a racing driver or not? I'm going to go for he is a racing driver. And he is a racing driver. Way! Mm, very good. Why, One out why do you know him? I don't know, it just rings a bell. John? I, I think he's some minor league driver in the States. American Le Mans series and Grandam. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Don't forget, Daily Sports Car, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and Radio Le Mans. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and American Le Mans series in the network. Uh, Carry an- on. Another number, please, Graham. Uh, let's go for number seven, please. Number seven. Uh, someone definitely of uh, European background. Ernst Geschwender. Ernst Geschwender. Ernst Geschwender. Sounds Euro- like European aristocracy, but is he a driver or not a driver? Graham Goodwin. I'm going to say he's not a driver. Oh, yes, he is. Oh. <sighs> FIA GT Championship. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? <laughs> He's gonna get if Jackie sold. Groom is listening, I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, Peter Argentsinger. Argent singer. Is that how it's spelled? Yes. Argent singer. That's a real person. And you know him because. <sighs> Why do I know him? Do I know him because I've read his name somewhere? Or is he a racing driver? I think he's a racing driver. And you'd be right. Yes. Round and more recently, the American Le Mans series. (laughs) Phew. (laughs) Uh, Giovanno Giovanchi. Oh, nice bit of alliteration. Sounds like a driver straight away, but let's hear the spelling. Uh, Giovanno, J-O-V-A-N-O, and Giovanchi is J-O-V-A-N-K-E. J O V A Javanki. Yes. Yeah. Mm, no. Driver or not a driver? No, I reckon not. And you are correct. He's not a driver. He is, in fact, him. He's not actually a person. He is a traditional Macedonian folk song. Uh, eight, please. Number eight. Oh, a very racing name. Portia Dawson. Portia Dawson. Um, uh, racing driver or not a racing driver, Dave? Not a racing driver. Is the correct answer. Oh, get in there. Oh, dear. Willem Kirkelbergs. <laughs> See, now you know why we get... We, we have had uh, more emails on this than anybody else. Wilhelm Kirkelberg. Hmm. Now, that is the correct pronunciation. There's no Sebastian Fettles about this, then. No, no, no. Willem 
which is Vellem. I'm going to say that I don't think he is a racing driver. He's not I a call your half. Okay. <laughs> He's a racing oh. Oh. He raced in the Belgian Clio car. Oh, how, how could, could I do? How could oh, you forget that? I can't believe you made See, now you know why this is so much okay, fun. Okay, right. Hibernon Cisne. Hibernon Cisne. Racing driver or not a racing driver? Sounds like a very uncomfortable personal complaint. I'll go for not a racing driver. He is a racing driver. Oh, for oh. goodness sake! South African Formula 3 Championship. Mm. I think his, his best result was a fourth, I think. Number three, please. <laughs> Number three, Gunter Döbler. Gunter Döbler. Another umlaut to use to you. Yes. This is umlaut central tonight. I'll say not a racing driver. And you'd be wrong, because he raced in the FIA GT Championship. Oh, That's Gunter Döbler. <laughs> you see, it comes back to you. <laughs> Courses on my lack of in-depth knowledge of gentlemen drivers. Giacopo <laughs> Faccioni. Giacopo Faccioni. Yes. Right? How is many? he a racing driver? How, Gi- how did he spell it? Uh, Faccioni, F-A-C-C-I-O-N-I, and Jacopo is J-A-C-O-P-O. Jacopo Faccioni. Maybe Jacopo. Jacopo? I, I, I think he wasn't, isn't a racing driver. You'd be wrong. Uh, he is. He races in the Italian Formula 3 Championship. What, now? Contemporarily. Contemporarily. <laughs> oh, that's your first one wrong, oh Jeremy, but never mind. You're still doing very well. And still another four number. Four out of five. So four out of five, yeah. Another number, please. I'll have number seven, please. Number lucky seven. seven. Is this lucky seven for Declan? Mills Darden. Mills Darden. Good name. Mills Sounds like an author to me. Uh, not a racing driver. He's not a racing driver. Oh, no. What is he? He's actually famous for being one of uh, the world's most obese people. <laughs> <laughs> so, Declan, you've taken the lead with five. You've still got one to go. It's so number just six. Just Mil- Mills Darden weighs 463 kilograms. Kilograms? It's nearly half a ton. So he can enter NASCAR on his own, really. <laughs> <laughs> He's the weight of a racing car, <laughs> if not the speed. A number from you, Andrew, please, to kick this off. Nine. Number... (laughs) Helmut Ebert. Helmut Ebert. Oh... Mm. I'm going to say he's not a racing driver and probably regret it immediately. Regret it now because he is a racing driver. No, he's not. He is. He races races in the German Formula 3 Championship. He competes. No, he doesn't. He participates. (laughs) <laughs> he participates, okay. Oh, German oh, Formula 3, uh, German helmet has been the undoing of Martin Haven right oh, at the end. so often been the case. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm not putting any that pressure. That number one, doesn't it? Uh, leaves number one. <laughs> and, and if you get this right, you will go atop the standings with a, a very impressive, very impressive seven points out of eight. Six Even if you get it wrong, six out of eight would put you joint top. Joint, ah. t- but Jeremy never likes being joint in anything. I, <laughs> I know how he races, and he still races, he's still competitive. So number one, then, for the lead of Col- the Call My Huff Championship, and the name is... Ruben Fenton. Ruben Fenton. F-E-N-T-O-N. Ooh. Correct. Yeah, strange mix of, of nationalities You're not Googling there. this, are you, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. It's no. <laughs> a jolly good idea, actually, isn't it? I, I if he's a racing driver, I've never heard of him, so I think you call him a half. Uh, and you're right. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>
Ruben Fenton, yes. Ruben Fenton, no. And Ruben Fenton is, in fact... He was an American politician who died 121 years ago. <laughs> Do I get additional points for telling you it was Prefab Sprout and ELO on the little musical bit? <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, that's right, last one. Um, okay. Ready? Give it it's, to me. It's, it's Federico Lifshitz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, what a fantastic made-up name. He can't be a racing driver. Unfortunately, he is a racing driver, and he was the champion in the 2003 Argentinian Formula Renault series. Right, come on then. The last one is the number last one, four. Number four is Simon Hindhoff. No. <laughs> that is brilliant, Tim. That is great research, mate. Simon Hindhoff, a real person, but is he a racing driver? Um, it, it, it's a frightening thought, the combination of those two, those two people, isn't it, John? Well, we know we both raced on the same day and <laughs> with varying levels of success. A lot of oil was spilt by your car and a lot of sweat by me. So um, I'm going to say, as much as I'd like it to be true, I, I think it's false. I think he's not. Whoa, quality, Mr. Hill. Six out of eight. Simon Hindhoff is what then, Tim? Simon Hindhoff is the head of art at Archbishop Temple School in Preston. Uh, number six. Number six. Nico Verdonk. Was it Nico Verdonk? Correct. Nico Verdonk. Driver or not a driver? Not a driver. Is the wrong answer because Nico Verdonk is a racing driver. Oh, it's a bad start. Mm. But not disastrous. Another number, Jim. That means i got to get all of them. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Um, number five. Number five. five. And Brett Van Blankers. Brett? Brett Van Blankers? Correct. Driver or not a driver, Jim? That can't be a driver. Actually, it is. Uh, US Formula Renault, in fact. <laughs> Formula Renault yes. in the US. There isn't Formula Renault in the US. There was three years ago when you did it. There was there was two years ago. <laughs> three years ago. Uh, no. Yeah. There used to be Renault Cup. It. Uh, I think it was referred to as Franam or something like that. But uh, I know people who've done it, and uh, Brett Van Blankers was one of them. Uh, so this is really number. obscure. Oh. I don't think we were going to put someone easy in there, do you? Like, you know... Like we're, not, we're not filling this with the likes of Jos Verstappen, people no, exactly. you might have heard of. Verstappen won't be in there. Pick well, I might have heard of him. Now he's getting smart. <laughs> Another number. Three. Number three. Jan Vonka. Well, I know shaking his head no, so... I'm saying I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't tell me these things. Do you trust Hindy? No. What's your answer? Driver or not a driver? Not a driver. Is the wrong answer. Jan Vonka races in the FIA GT Championship. Oh, I should have known oh, that. I, should, I should have known that one. <laughs> Another number, Jim. Two. Number two. Hans Hermann von Katter. Hans Hermann von Katter? Correct. Well, there was Hans Hermann. Yeah. It's too and he may have had a von name. <laughs> because a lot of those older drivers didn't use that. Uh, after yeah, the war, yeah, especially. Okay. So I'll say, yes, he's a driver. He's the wrong answer. 
I'm setting my house guest here, Tim, really badly. What was he then? Uh, back in the 18th century, when he lived, he was the Lieutenant of Angerberg in Poland. Of course he was. Why didn't you know that, Jim? You know, you don't, you don't know your 18th century Polish history at all. Uh, next number. One. Numero uno. Number one. Uh, it's an Italian-sounding name. Alessandro Vita Colonna. Alessandro Vita Colonna. Driver or not a driver? Oh, look, you, I wish you could see his face here. It's not often I get to see the contestants as they've been put through this agony by Tim Gray, the Huffman. I'm just, I'm just wondering if I'm going to be the first one that's not, that doesn't score anything. That scores no points. Driver or not a driver? Hmm. Not a driver. Alessandro Viticolona is a driver. He uh, has raced in Italian Formula 3 and Italian Formula 3000. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> if, only, me. if only you could see his face. The, the there are him? three left, uh, and if you get all three right, you will uh, finish level on points with Graham Goodwin. Yes, Goodwin. Oh, wow, well, that's... Wow. So has anyone ever n not scored any? No, the lowest we have is uh, two... Uh, and jointly on two are Alan Hyde and Nick Damon. Mm -hmm. hmm. Well, I could be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of <laughs> Name the Hoof. All right, here we go. Uh, what numbers have we got left, Tim? We have number four, we have number yep. seven, and we have number eight. Four, seven, or eight? Eight. Number eight is Albert von Thurn and Taxis. Albert von Thurn and Taxi. Und Taxi, is that? Und, yeah. Und. Which, of course, yeah. is German for Albert and. Albert von Thurn und Taxi. You know who you sound like? You sound like Johnny Carson when he's rereading the Karnak. Yeah, okay. You know. That's, I'll, I'll be compared <laughs> with Johnny Carson any day. That's fine. Just tell someone at a network, will you? If you don't mind. I can be funny, you know. I've got the funny. You've got the funny down. That's it. Albert von Thurn und Taxi. Don't look at me for any help. No, I, I no, he's not a race car driver. In the year 2005, Albert von Thurn Taxis uh, did the FIA GT Championship. Oh my lord! Which makes no one worried about that. Eve's just walked in from the kitchen and went and corrected your pronunciation of the name. It's pronounced Taxis, and he was an FIA driver. Oh, good heavens! So Eve's got one, and we haven't got any between us. <laughs> same old, same old. Same old, same old, isn't it? All right, number four. Uh, that was number four, wasn't it? No, that was number eight. Oh, was it? Oh, I read number four out, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, clearly half a point for that. <laughs> clearly well, you'd have had to encounter it at some point. So Number eight, then. Number eight next is Stefan van Kampenhout. Re repeat that, please. Stefan van Kampenhout. Stefan van Kampenhout. And van Kampenhout is one word. <laughs> well, our monitor just <laughs> went on the floor. Just a 14-letter word. Because we now can't hear. Stefan van Kampenhout. Is he a driver or not a driver? And uh, at the moment, Tim, you can't say anything to us. Or you can, but we won't hear you. Because I've just dropped the phone. Stefan van Kampenhout. Driver or not a driver? And it's, it's I'm trying to kill some time. Yes, I know. So he can ring us back. Well, also I would say, no, he's not a driver. He thinks, no, he's not a driver. And Tim is going to say... And the suspense is killing us because we have. <laughs> 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 oh, hang on a second. I can. Uh, 
Technology is a wonderful thing. Live, live radio and television. It doesn't get any better than this. Tim, Tim is going to say, uh, this is what makes it fun. Tim can't actually remember what your answer was, but it's a yes or a no. Oh, I'm listening to two things here, Tim. Can you drop? That's it. Uh, well, he said not a driver. Not, not a driver. Stefan van Kampenhoot races in the FIA GT Championship. Another one. This could be, well, it already will be, the worst score in Call My Huff history, and we've waited to the letter V to do this. We have well, one the, left. Well, you see now... I'd have got an F, like Jeremy, I'd have yeah. done fine. You see, the thing is now, Jim, do you actually try and get one? Oh, no, no, I'm do going... You go, no. Do you go for the, for no, the no, reverse I'm going for the blank. Okay, well, give it a shot. Here we go, Tim, what's the last one, please? The final one is Michael Vukalic. Michael... Vukalic. Vukalic. Yes. Michael Vukalic. Not Vukovic. No, it's a Vukalic. V-U-K-E-L-I-C-H. Ooh. What nationality, or can you not tell us? Uh, I can't tell you, because it's not written down on my sheet of paper. Oh, OK. I, can, I know where he's raced, but not what nationality he is. What did you just say there? What did you just say there, Tim? I said I can tell you where he raced, but not what nationality he is. Right, if he raced, clearly. I can tell you where he raced, if he raced, yes. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> so now is he bluffing you? Now this is, we haven't had this on Call My Huff. This is a Call My Huff double bluff. That's right. So is he, is Tim, is the Huffmeister, he's worse than the banker on Deal or No Deal. What game is he, he playing with you here? He has a tell. Well, yeah, that's tell. Driver or not a driver? Not a driver. Is the wrong answer. <laughs> in the year 2002, uh, our friend Michael Vukalic raced in the Barber Dodge Series in the USA. Good heavens. Good. Jim Roller, I'm afraid, apart from almost breaking my very expensive lamp, you have scored nul point. Zilch. Nothing. Not a sausage. Nada. Tim, I, I'm, I'm absolutely stunned. Uh, so I, I think he ought to have a round of applause anyway. I think he does. That, I, I, I literally have no words to describe Mr. Roller there. The proudest day in radio, John. <laughs> Midweek Motorsport with John Hindhoff. Ah, Jim Roller there, scoring a big round zero in Call My Huff. Now, here's Martin Haven with a rant. Uh, it's important to know, Martin, that uh, you literally, I know we're putting you on first so we, can, we know how much time you have afterwards, but if it takes two hours to rant, then you're allowed tonight based on what happened last weekend. I think everybody <laughs> knows what we're going to talk about, but we'll set the scene in just a few moments' time. John? Uh, yes? Could I just say Happy New Year? I uh, know there's no time, <laughs> I'm afraid. And can I can I say hello to Alan McNish? Wait a minute, everybody together. One, two, three, and then and then Paul and, and then pause so he can say hello back. Okay, one, two, three. Hello, hello Alan, Alan, Alan McNish. Alan McNish. Hello, collective. Uh, yeah, so on a pack. On a packed show tonight with Declan fading into the distance there. 
Tim, we have that, that's what? Not because I'm adjusting his levels at all. He's just he's just fading <laughs> in the distance. Into the distance. <laughs> On a pack show tonight, we have uh, we have all the usual features. Excellent. In a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but probably not very much of them uh, because we start the show tonight with a brand new feature. Oh, Ooh. oh I thought we were starting with Martin's rant. No, we're starting with a brand new feature. That's Heaven's a hollering. We've got special music for it. Okay, here it quiet, is. Quiet, everybody. Here we go. Just a minute. <laughs> Needs to be louder, I think. That's better. That's only gone to you louder. <laughs> Everyone else is hearing that fine. Am I on? Am I on? I can't hear myself. So it's just a minute. <laughs> What's in just a minute? Or as uh, the show is called in America, momentarily. Is it? Incorrectly, of course. Because <laughs> that means for no, a moment, not funny. in a moment. Uh, and uh, our first contestant on Just a Minute tonight is uh, Mr. Martin Haven. Hooray! <laughs> well, hang on a second. He has to speak for 60 seconds without deviation, repetition or hesitation on what subject. And if it yes, isn't but, safety but cars... Twist, it's for a mere 60 minutes. <laughs> uh, tonight's subject for Martin Haven is safety cars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Would that it were. Would that it were. Right, uh, I, I have names. Right, are we ready to go for this? Has somebody got well, a stopwatch? Well, um, Tim, how do we, how do we, what, what's the sound you want us to make? We're buzzing in to challenge him. You can make whatever sound you want. Well, Deck, Deck, I have my stopwatch in my hand. <laughs> Deck will honk. Oh, actually, Deck will be texting in his <laughs> challenges. <laughs> I can hear he's bellowing from the kitchen. No laughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, hang on. I can already imagine the interruptive noise of Nick Damon. Yes, but I've, I've had stand by. We're setting the, the timer. The kitchen timer is being set here by her evilness. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Martin. Your subject is safety cars, and your can you speak on the safe subject of safety cars without deviation, repetition, or hesitation for sixty seconds, starting now. The hesitation. That involves- <laughs> satellite delay, John. You can't do that. <laughs> Let, let him start again. Okay, with 59 seconds left, you have a point, Mr. Haven, for an incorrect <laughs> challenge, and your time on safety cars starts now. The incident that involved the safety car in Poe and Franz Engler's BMW on the second lap of race two was investigated by the panel of stewards. The investigation ascertained that although the FIA race director had started Mr. Heindhoff? Race. Repetition. <laughs> no. Yes, second race, race no, two. Race two. Race, race two, director. and was raced by the race director. I, well, it's sorry, a race. Name. Race? No, it's a I know. No, no. I think that's another point for Martin, I'm afraid. Incorrect. Interruption there. Okay. Uh, Martin, that's another Carry point on. to Martin. You have 42 seconds <laughs> left on the, on the subject of safety cars, starting now. Race director Eduardo Freitas had started the safety car procedure, alerting the marshals for waving the yellow flags. And oh, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a challenge from the, there from the there's a challenge from Coco. <laughs> what, is, what is it, darling? What is it? I'm feeling rough about the safety car. That's an incorrect <laughs> challenge from the dog. That's another. That's an, that is an, another point to Martin Haven. You have 33 seconds remaining on safety cars, Martin. Starting now. 
and showing the drivers the boards that would tell them that the procedure had occupied its position in the rightful place of the grid, the safety car driver had not been given the word to go. He left the pit lane on his own, steering into the middle of the track at medium pace instead of using the acceleration lane and the pedal on the right in the foot of the car. The data log <laughs> no, 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 Declan, Declan, Declan has uh, texted a honk here. Uh, Declan, and your challenge is? Hesitate, he's speaking too slowly. Well, I, 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 Hang on a minute, I'm speaking at a pace that Derek Nimmo in his wildest dreams couldn't have managed. <laughs> I'm going to disallow that challenge from Declan by text. Beep, 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 hesitation. No, I'm going to disallow that oh. and leave Martin Haven with got six seven points now. seconds left <laughs> on the subject of safety cars and your seven seconds start, <laughs> starts now. The data log by the ECU of the Liquimoli car showed that Franz Engsler had actually... And me, just before the whistle blew there, I'm afraid Coco got in with repetition of car. And no, I'm going to allow that. Frank Exler. Yes. Uh, 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 Coco got in first with the repetition of car. So Coco has one second, has <laughs> one second left on the subject of safety cars. And Coco, your time... Starts now, and she's finished. So Coco <laughs> has to in, interrupt, interrupt, <laughs> hesitation from Coco. Uh, deviation. I, <laughs> I, I think, I think uh, not. Deviation. I know exactly what caused Coco to make that sound. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a big deviation, indeed. Uh, Mr. Haven, you've got a job. Uh, you absolutely brilliant. have a absolutely job. Absolutely brilliant, Martin. All I've got to do is get an accent to go with it now. <laughs> and a speech work. impediment, clearly, before you can work mm. for the BBC. <laughs> what, what was the name also of the safety car of, driver, uh, Martin? Of doing football, clearly. What was the uh, name of the safety car driver? Uh, oh, well, I'll, I'll get there. Um, essentially, what happened is Eduardo Freitas had, had given the flags and boards. Uh, word, okay, get the flags out, get the boards out. Which you safety saw clearly on the TV. Yeah, safety car standby. So the safety car stood by and then decided of his own volition that he would in fact go for a bit of a potter. Was it Was it because he was embarrassed to be driving such a bad safety car? Well, it was it's... quite a lot better when he wasn't driving it than after <laughs> he had been driving it. And in fairness, it stood up better to the accident. Fairness. Go on, Dex. <laughs> It was it was it was a horrible horrible safety car in terms of it was just really unexciting and dull. And somebody did point out uh, uh, maybe Mr. Pruitt when we were discussing this that it didn't look like it was equipped in any way to be a safety car, or with roll cages and safety features, or 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 pace for that matter. <laughs> it, <laughs> it indeed, have anything. It uh, did Nick, have the words safety and car written on it in big white letters, though. Yeah. Can, I, can I just mention that it stood up to the accident far better than the BMW that hit it did, and it could have been driven away, because although the door was oh, popped up... Oh, it couldn't. Up, no, it, the suspension, front suspension had collapsed. No, it had a flat tyre. That's all that was the problem with that car. Yeah, it had a flat tyre because it didn't have a wheel rim on the inside. <laughs> the BMW but, uh, but lost an upright. Newton's third law of motion states that for each action there is an equal and opposite reaction so Engstler's car would always come off worst because it was the one that had the most energy aboard and when it hit the Chevrolet pace car the Chevrolet pace car hit it back with as much violence and therefore the impact is uh, greater for Engstler in the same way that generally speaking cars that hit barriers come off worse than the barrier. Dex? 
I saw uh, online, I definitely saw uh, uh, the car for sale at Big Pierre's Aquatone <laughs> Auto. Uh, Don't forget, uh, the safety, just, car, yeah. <laughs> safety car sale starts Monday, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, that was the first time, of course, that the Chevy Cruze um, had been used as a safety car in an event mm. that they were sponsoring. And uh, the BMW had, for the first time in the season, made a decent start from the front row and went off to lead. And clearly wasn't going to be caught by Alan Menu. Um, and uh, as I might have said in the commentary that I did earlier on today, when I said, go and pick up the safety car, <laughs> dot, dot, dot... Mm. Um, no, yeah. Go and pick up the leader. Yeah. Do you know what? That, pick up the that, leader, was yes. the, that was the worst pickup by a racing driver since uh, Thomas Schechter. Tell him. <laughs> um, can, yes. can I ask what? Ooh, you're uh, la- too loud now. Too loud, man. I'm, I'm only loud to you. Mm. <laughs> uh, what? What was the uh, safety? Uh, or what was going to happen to the safety car after the end of that uh, race weekend? Well, it was light blue in a Chevrolet. I think it was going to become the star on the reasonably priced car for a I top can, gear. You know, I can Martin tell you knows exactly more. what was going to happen. Yes. To it. it was going to be driven by an attractive female PR person to Monaco, where she currently works and lives, and then back to Valencia the next weekend. It was going to become her high-priority, high-signage <laughs> transport for the Monaco weekend. Oops. So she had to take the big red sort of trucky thing that said leading car on it instead. Uh, and as the cruise isn't out at all anywhere ever yet, mm. then they don't have another one except this one. They had a red up. one. Oh, did they? Mm. And does that say medical car? Uh, yes, something like that. Yes. Or following car or just in case car, one of those. Just in case some some myopic BMW driver drives into it. See, that is typical of a BMW <laughs> well, in, in driver, fairness, isn't it? Uh, that is a 185-kilometre-an-hour corner, and although, although the boards were out and the yellow flags were out, Engsler had started to slow down. They've obviously examined his data because the, the um, safety he car was still have leaning on it coming through down, that corner. And you could clearly see that he was braking very hard. And actually, if the safety car driver had just stayed in the middle of the road, he would have missed him completely because he was going for the gap, Engsler, on the left. However, the safety car driver decided that to give himself a bit more chance of being seen by the others, he would drive over to the uh, the wall on the left-hand side where the drivers could see it. But it was quite a busy road. So perhaps he was looking for parking space and you could see on the other side of the road. Yep. Well, he was on the wrong side of the road, of course, for a French road. Now, mm. the... the on YouTube, there's quite a lot of footage uh, taken from the Eurosport coverage. Usually uh, with German commentary. With, sadly, with German commentary. And oh, not it's not sad at all. It's great commentary. But they don't get excited about it. I want to know what Clellan said about this, but I'll ask that in a moment. I'll uh, answer that before. He was, in he was driving it, Carolina, wasn't he? <laughs> not very much at all. Uh, were you on your own? I was. Oh, what a shame. The most the most Cleland-friendly incident of the year. And he couldn't talk about Muppets in race control. Oh, no. Damn it. Um, the no, other again, footage that fairness, I wanted... It was not in race control. It was entirely the safety car driver's personal decision to leave the pit lane. <laughs> and in mm. fact, in the beginning, you get a shot from the first, uh, second corner up towards the first corner. Mm. And you can see the exit of the pit lane. And there's a marshal standing there. And he sort of shrugs takes one step to his right, his back's to the camera, he's looking to in, into the pit lane, and sort of laconically waves his arm, and then the safety car meanders off past. So he's obviously stood there going, no, you can't come out. And the safety car driver's going, waving a finger or something, which you don't see. And they go, oh, okay, if you must, off you go. Now, <laughs> on the, your head be it, the other probably. Bit that's worth it's your funeral, mate, <laughs> The other bit that's worth uh, seeing on the, uh, on the YouTube footage is, of course, the reaction from the pit lane 
which was absolutely stunning. Guys pounding up and down the pit lane to mm. go and complain to someone. <laughs> someone, anyone. anyone. Heading in the wrong direction because the stairs were behind them that they should have been thundering up. <laughs> really? But, uh, I mean, my, actually, you know, I mean, apart from the fact that everybody walked away, so we now just have Couldn't to talk it. about yes. whether or not the championship now needs to have a full-time safety car driver and or stroke somebody who can drive, possibly not visually impaired or whatever um, we, we, we are in that situation if it had happened in the Formula Master race then uh, you know we might be having a very very different discussion about a very more serious uh, accident so mm. you know it was fortunate that he was a long way ahead of everybody else and when Alan Menu stopped dead when he'd seen what happened everybody else managed to avoid him as well so you know in the end alright two cars damaged hopefully Engstler's car is insured and Hopefully, they'll be able to do something to get him to Spain. But, you know, it, it, could, have been, it could have been quite frightful. What, um, I mean, most championships... Tim, I, need to, I, need to pick, I need to pick him up on something. Go on. Oh, go ahead. Most champions... Uh, I'm, not sure, oh, on, I'm not sure there's been a, there's been a, a Formula Master race since the late 30s, uh, in all fairness. Well, in that yeah, case, I you're not following either international Formula motor Master racing race. or German motor racing because there are currently two <laughs> Formula Masters championships. The, the German one is Formula Masters, though, with an S yes. on the end. And and international Formula Master from 2007, which became Formula Master last year, is now back to becoming international Formula Master this year. Yes. And That's even will, worse. And will become GP3 eventually. And, and, yeah. and what, the, the, the yeah. race old pictures? Is that is that what it is? <laughs> They have like you know, or sculptures like a rodan, and, and it's the Gainsborough leading out now from the Turner and coming out fast. It's the Matisse. Oh, here comes the rodan. On that the of course is Formula Old Master. Ah, sorry, of course. Which of course is in the '99 B50 Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic car. It's your favourite car. Oh, hang on a second. Uh, I've just a had P3 a phone. Just had, a, just had a, uh, a text message from uh, British Formula Three who said they'd be happy to support them. What the uh, safety car driver uh, and uh, old Formula Old Master, <laughs> the British Formula yeah, Three and, and Championship, sorry, sorry, and that will, they'll be they'll also be on the same bill as cutting crew, I, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the, because the counting crows, uh, their singer's got a bit of a throat infection and had to cancel in Bournemouth's BIC only last night. Well, there we go. Uh, yeah, but luckily enough, yeah, but luckily enough, a uh, uh, supercart, two fifty cc supercart, have taken their place on that bill as well. So that's super tramp. <laughs> well, instead of the counting crow, well, I suppose it's only an improvement. Yeah. Going back to the point, the British Formula that's Three. That's the worst in the world, by the way. The it's British Formula Three International body, Series does have uh, its own permanent safety car driver. Uh, in fact, most championships have their own permanent safety car drivers so why would an FIA touring car championship not have its own I, permanent safety car well, driver? I, you're right I think FIA and world there really probably ought to suggest that you should be looking at at a, at least of you know a pretty decent core of professional people looking after it there's so, a set yeah. of rules Martin that uh, about who can drive safety cars um, depending on the licenses that are required for the drivers Hmm. And Indeed. the problem is, in something like an FIA World Championship, you've got to have somebody who is qualified to race in that series. That's not well, true. In fact, a. it's the opposite of that, John. Is it? In, for example, a British MSA Championship, mm -hmm. the safety car driver must hold the same category of licence as the racers must hold, but in 
uh, Formula One and GP2, he doesn't. No, Formula One, though, you've still got to have an international ear. You have to be. You have to have an international, a top international license. You don't have to have a super license, but you have to have a top international license. Uh, A1GP is another example where A1GP, A1GP needs an international A, and the safety car driver's got to have an international C. No, it doesn't. Uh, yes, a safety car driver has to have an international C, but uh, the racers don't. What do they have to have? They Manning. have to have a higher, a higher category of license than the safety car driver. In fact, yeah, the, no, the, the, the A1GP yeah. safety car driver can be a national A. Really? No. Yes. Uh, uh, hmm. I think any international series has got to have an international C, C permit. I have a Who was driving the safety car, Martin? Who was driving the safety car? Well, the stewards taking into the account the gravity of the facts, I'm still going for my minute, by the way, uh, have forwarded <laughs> a report to the FFSA re uh, recommending appropriate sanctions against Philip Cholet, son of madam, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you okay. what, though, he we picked are, up a lot of rubbish there, didn't he? That's very true. 75% of our potential listeners, but I assume that everybody is in their <laughs> mid-40s and as sad as we are, uh, and Jean-Pierre Collat, who were in charge for the safety car and any other responsible official. So I'm not sure if either of they were driving or either of they were expected to be sending it out of the pit lane, but somewhere in there. Um, so, yeah, it, it's... I'm, I'm loving... <clears throat> they will be sending in a report for a, a, an ask kicking. Ah. <laughs> but see, I have a theory the about the all report, this. Of course, the the report will be all scraps of paper that they found lying around. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have a theory about all this. Written on a bit of bodywork. Yes, I will get my theory yeah. out. This is my theory, everyone. <laughs> I believe, I believe <laughs> that this whole combination of the World Touring Car, be it the Dan Safety second. Car, Hang on. Well, well, the stop, constantly stop changing no, no. revisions... Uh, it can't be a belief if you're uh, proposing a theory. You're I can suggesting believe my, a theory. I can believe my theory. Nope. If John would turn my microphone up. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't turned your microphone down. We, we can all hear you. No, that's all right. It's, it's very. I good. love the fact that you're not only getting an education in motorsports, you're getting an English lesson as well. Well, and let's be honest, boy, do we need one? Yes, but no. My theory is that this kind of combination of duff, of duff safety car driver, appalling, constantly changing rules that that, that change the favoritism of teams from front to back in 20 seconds. Uh, the inability to actually manage the engines properly. I'm sure we'll come on to all this. I think that what they're trying to do is make, is actually make an FIA series that's more of a comedy and more confused and more politically inept than Formula One. Damn, you've just taken all the wind out of my sails. You have clearly seen through Bernie's cunning plan. It is. It's designed to make you say, look, look how good Formula One is. Look how rubbish touring cars are. You think Formula One's bad? It could be as bad as this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, F the FIA has a habit of doing this with its championships, doesn't it, of course? Well, being rubbish. <laughs> well, think of other championships which start with the letters FIA. World Rally Championship, one by one bloke. Yep, that's rubbish. And in the world of sports cars, John? Um... FIAGT. I'm oh, sorry, I don't even. I, I don't. I haven't got a clue about any. That's Graham Tyler. I don't do FIAGT on the because it's tedious, boring, and not very good. Ooh, that well, like, that's wow, wow, <laughs> not challenged there at all. Just allowing that to be clipped neatly for use as evidence. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I would suggest I would also use as evidence the the now uh, the sadly uh, 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 dead. 
FIA Sports Car Championship for also as bad a, an FIA Championship as has ever been. Right, in which case, in why is it sadly now defunct if it was that Because awful, it was, which it was it truly good to laugh at. Yeah. You mean Mangaletti's Championship? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Can yes. I ask Martin a question? He's our expert. What on earth is going on with the engine regulations of World Touring Car? Because I know about motorsport and I don't understand what's going on. Well, you know, and, and that's really the problem, and that's, I think that's actually the, the sort oh, of hang on. end result of Poe, right, is that nobody pause, pause, quite Pause knows. a moment, Martin. Right. Um, those listeners um, who may have to go to the toilet any time <laughs> soon, please go now and come back. Trust me, he'll still be talking afterwards, even if the toilet is maybe a 30-minute drive away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, that would be all our, so that would be all our listeners in Kenya. <laughs> and it is a lavatory, of course, as I'm being... Yeah, uh, of course, if you're listening again on the internet, I am still going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the scary thing is, he's never stopped. <laughs> well, I, I had to do four hours uh, non-stop with, with only commercial breaks for relief during the race weekend on Sunday. And uh, Clellan's probably lucky he wasn't there because he wouldn't have got a word in anyway. Midweek Motorsport. There's still another hour of this nonsense. Still to come on this special edition, looking back at the first 10 years of Midweek Motorsport, we'll take a look at all things stateside with Ea on the Oval. We've got some news in Spanish and my favourite Midweek Motorsport moment of all time as we play Dale of the Century. That's all coming up in hour two of our 10th birthday special. Midweek Motorsport on RadioLeMond.com Bono Estende As promised then, the news in Spanish tonight. Tim, what do we have? You're going to like this one. <laughs> See, now the mere fact that you've said that worries me. Okay, well, I still think you like it. Okay. La presencia de la Gloria había asegura la polda Christian Ledesma, autor de Major Tiempo en la primera clasificación realizada uh, el día viernes. Sin embargo, la adquisición de un nuevo neumático por parte del Mar Platense lo castigo con 2 out of 10. <laughs> Christian Ledesma from uh, from Argentina is involved in a sin embargo. There's an embargo against sin. It's Lent, isn't it? A, I think it's a very good thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Lent is in fact a sin embargo. You're very, you're absolutely right. Good on him. Well done. That's an attitude that does him credit. Carry on. Por suerte, el auto haya funcionado muy bien y Gabriel. Pudo marcar un registro muy bueno, una lastima la gloria que cayó hoy. Teníamos confianza para mejorar el tiempo de allá, pero no se pudo. So he's not having any pudding as part of for Lent. Mañana, la actividad del turismo carretera en el Juan Manuel Fangio del Balcaje comienza con el desarrollo de las series clasificatorias a partir de la Euro Tempos 9. <laughs> there is a Can danger. You translate that last bit? There is a danger with uh, the Spanish news uh, that it just turns out to be Declan 
laughing. Laughing. John, John obviously switches his microphone off so that we can't hear him laughing. I, ca- well, I can't I switch, switch the, the mic off. You know I can't. I love the finish of it being ten past nine. If it finishes there, that's just magnificent. That that is the last line of the press release. Excellent. And that concludes tonight's news in Spanish. Earlier we mentioned some of Nick's wild Formula One predictions, but there was one thing at least that he got right. We have to go back to early June 2012. Sebastian Vettel will be there when? He'll be there on Monday afternoon uh, from 2.30 until 5. My, my guess is is that Sebastian Vettel will obviously will not make F1 history because he won't drive around F1 car. He'll drive around in an Infinity, I'm sure. An and, Infinity IPLG and, and take a kind Very of a, nice. a look around. And, and that'll be the last time F1 goes anywhere near New Jersey. Who? Because um, <laughs> it ain't going to happen. How do you figure that's not going to happen? Jim. It is not going to happen. It is going to happen. New Jersey is not going to happen. They signed a 10-year agreement, and in Doesn't all fairness, anything. New Jersey's not going to be around Doesn't for 10 years. Doesn't mean a thing. Donington <laughs> Park signed a 10-year the agreement. The checks already cleared the bank. How for, I, I, I'm putting up... This is not, an, I mean, this is not anti-New Jersey or anything else. That he, event... He forgets who I used to work for. That event... I'm just saying. No, no, Jim. That event won't happen. Uh, let's not forget Leo Hendry is... Uh, Fantastic guy, absolutely. It a won't GT happen. winner at Le Mans. Won't happen. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it won't happen. And Jim's shaking his head, and we'll be here I this time next you, year. I will bet you any amount. <laughs> a thousand havens. Will you put a thousand I'll havens? I'll put a thousand on havens table. on this table right I'm now. I'm not saying it won't be on the calendar for next year. Oh, I'm saying it won't I'm, happen. I'm saying it'll happen. Okay. Uh, the will the you don't know Leo Hendry. Right. Will the I do know Bernie Eccleston. So Nick knows Bernie Eccleston. Jim knows Leo Hendry, and uh, that's how we left it for that yes, week. We did. Uh, yes. It was pretty impractical to make any wager on a thousand Martin Havens because one of them is quite enough. Well, that is true. There is but a story about why we were betting in Havens, but that's that's for another show and another time. It all continued the following week. So oh this dear. time, uh, it was exactly, well, just over a year ago, mm-hmm. live at Le Mans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick was in the pit lane, mm-hmm. uh, and Jim was sitting next to you in our Le Mans-based uh, studio on the Bugatti Le- circuit. Let's, let's take go a listen. Uh, we need a whoosh to go back in time, don't we? we let's do. go back in uh, time. Obviously, uh, having a Grand Prix in Canada gives uh, people an excuse to hang around in the USA for a bit. And uh, they went to New Choicey, didn't they? Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet well, you whatever you want. Bet me. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Go to New Jersey, did they? Right, hang on a second. Hang on. For once and for all, we need a forfeit for this because Nick Damon says New Choicey Grand Prix won't happen. Yep. Right? What are you prepared to give up to Mr. Roller if it does? Because he is, he is convinced because he knows the promoter on a personal basis what is the thing that you value most in your life at the moment well Rachel obviously oh you crawling <laughs> what are you prepared yes because I'm not trading Anne for anything uh, oh dear me that is, oh hang on a second <laughs> got a bit of vomit in my mouth here right what are you prepared to put on the line for this Damon um, I, I, I could forget <laughs> the motorbike he's not no. interested in the motorbike no. I, I could give him a complete and exciting set of RC racing racewear. No. No? No. Oh, damn. It's got to be something that's valued. <laughs> I'll tell you what I have got that's really valuable. Mm-hmm. Oh, genuinely, I have my uh, uh, an Ayrton an Senna autographed picture. Oh, oh. So, on the other side of this equation, what are you going to put down? 
I've already sold the Porsche. Yeah, he doesn't like Porsches. Oh, I'll take Jim's. Yeah, he sold his Porsche. He had a lovely 73 Porsche. What do you value as much as Nick values that centre picture? Ah, uh, the Rolex that I won for... Uh, oh! This is going well! For uh, a motorsports award in about 1994. Right. Uh, are you happy with this, uh, Tim? You're quite happy with this to be so... I, I just need to clarify that we're talking specifically about a race in 2013. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, the date for the New Jersey Grand Prix 2013 was uh, Sunday, June the 9th, uh, sorry, Sunday, June the 16th, 2013. Uh, so, Nick Damon, you're our Formula One correspondent. Tell us uh, what happened in that race. Uh, it was very exciting. We've had more exciting than most races so far this year. All very similar. In fact, that nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> Bit harsh. Why was that, Nick? But, yeah, no, Jim's got a good point there. It's the only no-stop strategy. Hmm. So uh, Pirelli were very pleased that they released a, pr- a, 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 a press release saying Pirelli proved durability of tyres. No tyres needed at all for New Jersey Grand Prix. Okay. So it didn't happen. No. Right. So I think that means that Jim Roller, who is there mm. with you in the pit lane, where are you standing at the moment, by uh, the way? We are under the Rolex clock, and I do have the official adjudicator of the uh, ceremony I can hand you over to. Yes, please. Shea uh, Adam, who was present at both of those conversations. I was. Shea, are you happy that the uh, that the the rules of the bet have been met and uh, and this is all moving forward in a correct and proper way. Well, it is, and Dolly Zilama is here to supervise. In addition, it was actually entertaining listening back through the clips. Jim went, but the race was on the calendar. So we had a little bit of a no, no, disagreement, no, 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 no. But, but Nick said, nope, nope, sorry, that's it. It was not about being on the calendar. Exactly. No. It was about actually taking place. So well, the original right. statement it was about being on the calendar, but the bet I made wasn't. Yes, it was my indeed. mistake. Yes, that was. That was. Jay, are you happy that there was not a Grand Prix in New Jersey at the weekend? No. Um, in all honesty, I would not have been able to go anyway. Uh, I would not have been able to watch it anyway. So it's would you sort have of wanted to go? <laughs> In all honesty, probably not. I, I, I don't like New Jersey. But you are convinced, in the adjudicational sense of the word, that a Grand Prix did not take place, and therefore we have a winner and a loser. Because in motorsports, there's always winners and losers. Yes, very true. Mm-hmm. As the rain begins to fall on pit lane. Well, in that case then, for the first time... Uh, Nick, uh, Actually, Nick, did you bring the lithograph of Senna, signed by Senna? I did. It's, I, I, because it's raining, I've not brought it with me, but it, uh, you, it was on the collective. I posted the picture of it on the collective uh, a couple of days ago, and I have brought it with me, but because of the rain, I've decided not to bring it into the pit lane. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Perfect and, and sense. And he did show it to me, so yes. I've seen it. Okay. Uh, Jim Roller, did you bring the aforementioned uh, silver metal Rolex engraved... Uh, RS with a date on the back and you can tell us the date as well 1994 yes okay and is that with you do you have it in your possession yes I do has someone got a camera ready because this is the moment Dunkey has his camera prepared right the watch has been removed from the pocket Nick is holding out his arm expectantly and there is the watch oh it's always very nice uh, and and I do think, uh, Nick, it looks quite well on your girly little wrists. I was just going to say, it's the right size for his girly mm-hmm. little wrist. Now, you cannot take any of the links out. No, no. Why, you take your, back, you're winning it back, are you? Yeah, when I win it back. But there you go. You've got big wrists, Jim. Yeah. You know what they say about a man with big wrists? He needs a lot of Large links gloves. on his watch. <laughs> he needs a lot of links on his watch. The so 
the transfer has occurred. Nick is now taking off the watch to examine it further. Oh, flipping it over the proper direction. It was it was facing Jim still. Mm-hmm. He's, he's loath to give that up, I can tell. Yes. <laughs> so the bet has been fulfilled. Uh, Mr. Roller has passed over his Rolex and... Uh, Mr. Damon, then, is the new... Are you happy with your watch? Uh, well, you know, every man likes a good watch. Uh, something reasonably unusual in modern-day Formula One is that we've had a few driver changes this year at um, BMW, for example. Robert Kubica. Uh, Robert who? Kubica. How are we saying this? Kubica. Not Kubica. It again, Robert, Robert... middle... Uh, syllable, so Kubica. So, so is it... Or Kubica. So is it... From America. Okay. She's not Polish. So okay. She's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the... Deal- haven't had deal- that one for a couple of weeks now, have we? Ah, uh, yes. Mrs. Hospital. Eventually, Danica, of course, did win an IndyCar race. Midweek Motorsport. With John Hindhoff. A certain sense of deja vu as uh, that jingle plays there. Uh, Declan Brennan is uh, back with us, still with us here on the show this evening. One story that dominates the ear on the Oval this week, uh, and that is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 talk show appearances by what IndyCar.com described on their voiceover as Danica Patrick. Uh, who has finally won a race and notice I did call her by her name because Declan I said that once she finally won something we would call her by her name so well done to Danica well done to Danica I have to say uh, it it happened it finally happened it's been a phenomenal week or a phenomenal couple of weeks really for women competing against men when you think about Ali won the biggest loser the first woman ever to uh, to be to get that title from a man, and then uh, and then we had, of course, the extraordinary uh, Simona de, de, de Silvestro winning uh, in Long Beach in a, in a in an in Atlantic. But Danica, she did it absolutely. She did a, a, a magnificent job listening to her to her crew chief, to, to be perfectly honest. And that's where I have to start. Kyle Moeller, beg your pardon, Kyle Moyer replaced Kim Green at the start of this season as her strategist and that is the best move they could possibly have made of that team because he was responsible for a number of absolute terrible terrible uh, calls last year when it came to Danica and she listened to Kyle they worked on a strategy they got her out at the right, or got her in and back out at the right time she drove at the right pace she listened to her crew chief and she won and you can't ask for more than that she did a fine job Interestingly, someone I saw describing it as something that I was doing uh, over the weekend in my Acura MDX because I was uh, actually listening to the last 12 laps of the race uh, live as I was driving away from Long Beach uh, on XM Satellite Radio. And uh, I was going slower and slower because I wanted to get to the end of the race before I had to get out of the car and get into the hotel. Drive slow and listen to the radio. That was how Danny's victory <laughs> described. Exactly. It was. It's something we can all aspire to. Driving quite <laughs> slowly and listening to the radio. Yeah. The the thing is, uh, you can't. I'm. You know. Uh, you can't. You can't argue with the win. It was. It was terrific. But I'm baffled. Baffled by the strategy of pretty much everybody else in front of her. And uh, Helio Castroneves Neves had a really 
very, very intriguing point he made in an interview on Sunday when he was at Long Beach when they showed the footage of her overtaking him to take the win and he actually said, he said, I thought she was a lap behind. <gasps> I didn't realise she was, I didn't realise she was on the lead lap. He then went on to so say, didn't I didn't know that gas. was a pass for, I didn't have, he, he didn't know that was a pass for position. It's an easy mistake to make. No. Because uh, Therefore, I've, I've been in a cart race where I've been uh, overtaken by a girl because I thought she was a lap down. <laughs> yes, well, unfortunately, so, cart race is no more. It's all IndyCar now, isn't it? So, so, so the the point is, uh, I then have asked myself the question: Did the entire set of drivers in front who pitted when they did? <laughs> even, I know what you could say. Did they? Did they know she? Well, it would make sense. Did they know she was on the lead lap? Because it just, because she went out and she had no intention of racing any of them for the last whatever it was twenty odd laps. She was going to sit there running at one hundred and eighty five, one hundred and ninety mile, mile an hour average lap speed, and she was just going quick enough. They got it absolutely right. She was going quick enough to stay out on the track. I'm just, I'm absolutely baffled. Good on her. You know, it's 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 done her career the world of good. Michael Andretti is uh, breathing a sigh of relief and probably running as fast as he can back to Motorola to get another three year deal out of them before she reverts to type. So you, you know, know, when she's doing all the, the irony uh, of get... this Dex. You know the irony of this Dex is her the last time we can find her winning anything, anything at all, and then we've mentioned this before, was that very same weekend at Long Beach in 2002 when she won the Pro Celebrity Race in the little Toyota Scions or whatever they are. The That's right. She, she beat uh, Gary Coleman, George Lucas and Worf from, uh, from, from Star Trek. Or, or... <laughs> <laughs> so, in fact, she again, did have she... to start at the back of the grid because she was classed as a pro driver. Yes, she was. She, she wasn't classed as a celebrity, although nowadays she'd be both. So, which, which again, which is 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 good news for the series in many respects. Uh, the it really does mean that 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 that, uh, and I think we're finding it as well as that IndyCar will actually start to push Ray Hall herself uh, and Andretti as young American stars, and, and that's good. That's good for the sport. Uh, whether the, the Danica effect is real and 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 converts into a real listeners, or real listeners and viewers, yet to be seen, because her effect up to now, even since the merger, you know, the merger saw an increase in 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 ratings uh, at the start of this season only slightly. We didn't really see any particular increase throughout the Danica effect since her since she burst onto the scene in two thousand and four at Indy, but. Uh, the thing that bothers me the most is is the ludicrous way it's being covered by the motorsport press not the not the you know like you can forgive the, the sports media and the regular media like she's on Rachel Ray's show this week teaching Rachel Ray the driver a stick shift that sort of thing it's the it's the it's the motorsport media that are the ones that are baffling me particularly ESPN ESPN chose the last 10 laps of the Long Beach race broadcast to interview her while a historic moment was taking place, and what? they ignored it so they could interview her. You're kidding me. She was in the she was in the uh, the commentary box. She was in the the booth with with Scott Goodyear and the other dimwit, whoever whatever his name is. And uh, no. it was I nearly threw the television out the window. Luckily, I now carry a spare television, which I throw out the window anyway. So, well, I, I'm <laughs> just looking at the point standings. She's only 14 points off off the lead of the championship. No, no, absolutely right. Because she's, she's, you know, she's been, 
Because in the other two races, she did exactly what, what, what you'd expect her to do. She she has a, Let's be honest about this. She has a car, and she's a driver that will get the car in the top ten. It's in one of the best. She's in one of the best teams, if not the best team in the championship. Right. And she's a and she can she can finish in the top ten. She can finish in the top six on a good day. It wasn't just Danica who was changing the face of U.S. single seater racing, as Kevin Kalkoven's Champ Car and Tony George's Indy Car merged to become Tony George's Indy Car. Declan Brennan joined us from a coffee shop to discuss the merger. The other thing that I got quite a lot from people who are much closer to this than certainly I am was this is the worst possible outcome. If it could have gone one way or the other, we would have preferred it to go to Calcoven and Champ Car. All this is going to do is make IRL and uh, the people behind our IRL and particularly Johnny Tony George even more arrogant than they already are because they feel that they have in quotes won the battle end quote oh I don't, I don't doubt that for a minute I absolutely don't doubt that for one minute that but is, he's that, right though he and has you get won that the from battle. any of the you only have to go onto the uh, onto our Facebook uh, page and see some of the some of the uh, even if you look at the names of the teams in the fantasy league that's been running uh, names like Tony George killed our series and uh, I hate Tony George etc etc there's a lot of and if you go onto any of the message boards of the websites you'll see there's an awful lot of ill feeling towards the IRL IndyCar and Tony George and and although I'm I'm one I've got to be hopeful I think we've got another year of spec series next year and after that when we when the new we have the new chassis and the new regs I think we will see an amalgamation uh, probably of the best bits of 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 Champ Car particularly with things like the tire choice which I like the color coded tires and the soft and the hard and that sort of thing the push to pass which is ter- tremendous although I'm not sure you could push push to pass on an oval would be quite exciting I think but uh, <laughs> just excuse me one moment. Declan is actually being yeah, no, told I'm, off. He's I'm live. Not, I'm not being told, no, I'm and not being told off. The man next to me is agreeing with me that he wants to see Tony George killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were being told off by the no. staff at the coffee shop for using that, their uh, uh, Wi-Fi to, to be on the radio. No, I'm paying 10 quid an hour with, with, with bloody T-Mobile, so I'm... Uh, no, the man next to me wants Tony George killed, so that's 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 a Vox Pop of one, and it's 100% wants him dead. <laughs> While the single-seater factions were fighting amongst themselves, NASCAR took advantage of the confusion to confirm themselves as the biggest race series in the US. And to make it even more exciting, they introduced a playoff system. And they kept changing it which confused me on more than one occasion. Fortunately, I had Declan to help me out with the race for the chase, for the quest, for the cup, for the thing. Four drivers go up this week, a massive six stand still, and at number 10, going nowhere, 59 points off the lead. That will be... Uh, that will, Oh, God, get me thing up. Uh, that'll be Kevin hardy Har Har victor Sylvester. Uh, up, t- <laughs> up two places this week. Uh, oh, sorry. We should have done the top twelve, shouldn't we? Not the top. Just Absolutely. The top 10. Sorry. So that's you threw me uh, off. Sorry, but that's. that's <laughs> what's been... it? What, 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 what's it? Not, what's it? Not, we just rewound. Sorry. Start the jingle again. All right. We've got then. In that case, eight standing still, one going down. Uh, no, seven standing still, one going down, and four going up. And at number twelve this week, going nowhere. 122 points off the lead, and his championship is done. Ah, that will be Dale Earnhardt Jr., Senior, Jr., Senior, Jr. Uh, and the rest of the field is packed into the amount of points that he is behind Greg Biffle. 
uh, behind, sorry, number 11, who's down five this week. 62 points off the lead. Peter, Greg, uh, Biffle Bacon, and he is, yes, in 11th. And in 10th, $2 million uh, bank. As in, uh, in 10th position, 59 points off the lead. You may have heard this already. <laughs> the uh, Kevin Hardy, Victor Sylvester. Up two from last week's 11 to this week's number nine, 55 points off the lead. Uh, nursing himself back into health, it's Matt Johnson Kenseth. Uh, at eight, up one, and 51 points off the lead with $5.3 million in the bank. He's barely alive, sadly. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Mo- and Jeff Gordon. Stop enjoying this as much as I do. I'm, 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 I'm putting my microphone away. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm going to turn you down. Uh, uh, number seven this week, up one from last week's number eight, 47 points off the lead. Well, he may as well have knocked on the ceiling three times. It's Tony Orlando, Stewart. Yes, knocking three times. Uh, and the last of our climbers goes up from last week's number seven to this week's number six. Uh, and that will be uh, Martin Brundle, Truex Jr., Senior, Junior, Junior, Senior, Ad Infinitum. Uh, the top five, as they were last week, although the points have changed, 30 points off the lead at five. He's the closest thing to heaven. It's the Casey Kane gang. Oh, oh there's an 80s. Why have we not had that before? Fantastic. 25 points off the lead, staying at uh, fourth place in the Dirty Dozen. Clint uh, Eastwood talking to a chair boyer. 20 points off the lead in third place. It's the same place as last week for... Ding dong, Denny O'Ham, Lim Bim Lim, Ole, Patarpathy, Walrus, Diddy, Bus Stop, Biscuit Barrel, Don't Sleep in the Subway, Darling. And seven points off the lead in second position. Jimmy Cranky Johnson. $7.2 million banked. And that means at the top for, I think, the fourth or the fifth week running with $5.5 million is... Uh, Brad, uh, award-winning uh, 70s feature film, Kez. Lowski. Now let's uh, move away from our countdown because at the end of 2005 uh, we said goodbye to Mark Martin who retired from NASCAR racing. Yes. And he got presented along with... Who was the other driver who uh, the TV company presented a nice rocking chair to at, uh, at Sonoma? That was Ricky Rudd, wasn't it? Ricky it was, Rudd, yes. Yeah. So, so, so those two guys re- were there. Retirement for Mark yeah. Martin. And what, what's he been up to uh, in his first year of retirement, uh, Declan? He spent, uh, let me see, he spent about 40 weeks of his retirement uh, racing, which, mm. uh, which is nice because at least he retired to do the things that he, uh, that he loved. He enjoyed, yeah. Things yeah. he never had time for before, like yeah. getting back into the next L, the chase but for the next L Cup. He, he clearly enjoyed uh, this year of retirement so much that uh, he's had another retirement party uh, three or four weeks ago. Uh, at the end of this season and uh, next year he'll uh, begin his retirement all over again as a new team running a limited program yes so it's actually semi-retirement next year um, but, well, you th- the problem with retirement as my father said when he took retirement is it's the hardest job he's ever done because you don't get any days off mm-hmm. and you know so I, well done to Mark Martin we've said it all year Declan and I still think this sums him up. He's always there or thereabouts. Unfortunately, the end of the season, he wasn't because he was in a much better position half three quarters way through the last ten races. And and there was a, a bit of me that thought, do you know what? I'd really like him to win the chase for the Cup because I think he might have then retired properly. No, but I, I wouldn't... As I, I really, really like the guy. I wouldn't have wanted him to win the chase for the Cup oh, I, I without, think it's without nice. winning a race well, uh, in the chase. And that's what would have could have happened. It could have. Yeah, could have. But he's always there or thereabouts. He's a master of the longer races. The the crew turn him round. He's you know you never hear anybody talk about him. And then all of a sudden in the last fifty laps, it's and Mark Martin's in eighth position. 
and oh. and that's happened time and time again. Fair play to the blo- bloke for doing it, and I am actually sneakily quite pleased. I, I mean, I don't like this. Let's have 26 retirements. You know, he's he's had more comebacks than George Burns, hasn't he? Uh, but I, I, I'm sneakily quite pleased he's back because I I do think that he's he's one of the characters that. All right, he's an old bloke now, but clearly still has the speed. Mark Martin continued to race in his retirement, finishing as runner-up in the Sprint Cup in 2009. His final race, for now at least, came in 2013. And now on Globecast, our motorsport soap. A new life in Evanham. This week, Ray appears on Speed, the TV channel, not the illegal substance. I'm John Roberts for Speed. Ray Elliott Sadler recently finished in the top ten at Michigan International Raceway behind wheel of the number 19. Been able to do in this car so far this year. Yes, thanks, John. That's right. We feel like we're a three-car team again. Elliott brought communication right away and. For that car. Ray, Kenny Wallace. One thing that is always a mystery about NASCAR racing is how a team loses chemistry. In the race for the chase and with Jeremy Mayfield in it two years in a row, it's what everyone expects, you know. And that's what we expect here at NASCAR Race Day. How do you think the chemistry was lost between Jeremy Mayfield and yourself? I don't know, Kenny. I really don't know a lot of it. I don't understand a lot of it. If you can understand why you lose it, you can understand why you get it. As car owners and teams, and not just in racing, but football and baseball, everybody is searching for that chemistry. I really don't know, and I can't explain it. I don't know why it goes away and performance drops. I feel you have a great race team, but because you are leading the Dodge team, do you ever feel any pressure that you're dodging? Dodge! Well, I don't, but I do want to address some of the things that were said last weekend and put some facts about it. I guess Jimmy said, you got to be there. Hey, I am there. I'm there Monday through Thursday, 45, 55 hours a week and holding 10 to 12 meetings. I've got five different companies. I run those companies. Third to fourth to eleventh in the points, we can't control. Sometimes having some engine failures or crashes and things like that, the loss of those points the last three or four weeks has hurt that car. We provide a top ten car just about every week, and at races, if you look, that we finished without problems, our car has been in the top ten. And to go on to say that the number ten Scott Riggs car hasn't met expectations, I totally disagree with that. The ten car is a new car, and has performed right up to our expectations. The Velvelin and Stanley people are super happy with it. We've been making top 15 runs, and we're right where we wanted to be with this car. It did miss a Daytona 500, but if you look, it's a lot further ahead in points than a lot of other cars. I'd compare that to any new team that's out there right now. Jimmy Spencer here, I. Thanks for coming on in, man. Appreciate it. Now, what's the future hold for the rest of the year in building up the organisation to have more than one car or one shot at the top ten? 
competition is a key. I feel like we're back on with three teams. We're working hard, and we've got a lot of exciting things happening for next year. Again, our company has gone. Size and in revenue. We're really close to being able to talk about what we're going to be doing with a fourth team here shortly. We've got to go to four teams if we want to compete with Rick Hendrick and Jacques Raus and people like that. Evernote Motorsports is continuing to grow and we're doing everything we can to put multiple cars in the chase. It's not just about getting into the chase. You have to remember it's about winning the chase. It's about being a champion. Getting in the chase isn't good enough anymore. my favourite moment of the last decade there's been so many of them but the one that springs to mind and clearly struck a chord with many of you too came earlier this year and almost inevitably it was in the form of one of Tim's game shows and now from Norwich it's the quiz of the week week's prizes include this sailing dinghy, which we hope will be to your liking. It's 12 feet long with a fiberglass hull and built-in buoyancy tanks. But now, let's meet the man with the questions of the money, Nicholas Parsons. It's the Christopher Woods from Norwich. Uh, it's Deal of the Century, mate, that is, isn't it? And uh, Graham Goodwin joins us from uh, his shed. Are you going to put me on a quiz straight away? Yes. yes. Clearly. Oh, for pity's sake. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Uh, Shay, are you familiar with Dale of the Century? Yes, I've heard it many, many times Excellent. before. Excellent. So she actually listens to the programme. Yes. I don't need to it, explain you know. the rules to anyone then. No, no. And we'll no. go straight in with the first one. These are all from the uh, Caterham auction, oh, which has been continuing this week. Mm-hmm. So our first item is five Caterham Formula One gilets extra large and we'll start with Shay uh, 3,000 pounds 3,000 pounds do you know what a gilet is? no idea <laughs> excellent John um, 50 pounds and Graham I was I'd say 48 pounds the winner is John because it was 50 pounds oh. oh and now he's doing his dance again I'm doing my oh, dad stop, dance. Stop, There's stop. another 2,100 uh, calories just gone there. <laughs> <laughs> Item number two. <laughs> Who made the piggy noise? Who made the piggy noise? <laughs> Item number two. Yes? Is uh, an X-Track seven-speed sequential Formula One gearbox serial number 1044RB003 
in a green pack horse with two cartons of gearbox ratios, 11 cartons of assorted spare internal components, including hydraulic clutch housing, sundry service parts, clutch plates and friction material, moog valves, uh, service tools together with hydraulic pumps and heat exchange assembly, hydraulic actuation rack and various assembly drawings. And we'll start with Graham this time. Quid. Uh, what do you mean you wouldn't buy that for your Audi A6Ds <laughs> on the end? I mean, come on, I could uh, transform its performance. Let's stick with £3,000. You're just going to say £3,000 for everything. And now, John? I think it's more reasonable. It's not much use to anybody unless you've got a car to fit it into, is it? That's correct. Uh, and I presume it had the bell housing. I didn't say there what bell housing it had. There was any details on the bell housing? There's no details on that, no. Mm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say £2,746. And this time Shay gets a point because wow, it was £3,200. Oh. Nearly went through five. I'm annoyed. Uh, next one. An Oz Caterham F1 2014 rear wheel, rear wheel rim brackets severe accident damaged. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it is good uh, one making the uh, piggy noise. It is, it is. And we'll ask John and to go first. They had loads of them. They had loads of them. Um, I'm going to say £100. £100, Graham? I'm going to say uh, 120 And Shay? £200. £200. John gets another point. It was £90. Oh. I think when you spot on, by the way. You should get an extra point, but I'm just saying that because I was spot on for the first one. <laughs> okay, so 2-1 to me, and Graham's got nothing. Nul point. Excellent. Next item is a Renault Formula 1 manufactured double oh, garage... Oh, stop, stop, stop. This is vying for the best tweet of the week. We need a tweet of the week, actually. We do. Tweet of the week is going to become our new thing, and we'll find something to send. Um, the the one that we had earlier was pretty good, but this one from Amp8888, an ex-Formula 1 gearbox up for auction. Well, that'll shift quickly. He's here all week, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, well carry on. That's very good. A, a Renault F1 manufactured double garage gantry system with central power Ooh. distribution pod and loose components lying on two pallets. Brackets, <laughs> not set up recently, but believed to be nearly complete. Close brackets. <laughs> It's like, something, it's like something you'd buy for your train set, isn't it? It's like it's a titanium jumble sale. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll start again with Shay. Uh, £3,000. <laughs> £3,000, of course. John? Of course. Of course it's £3,000. Uh, I think... Um, see, that might be half useful to somebody. I'm going to say £3,400. And Graham? I'm going to say... Three thousand and one pound. Oh! And Graham gets it. <laughs> oh! He's on the board. Uh, oh, it was three thousand and twenty-five pounds. Ooh, yes. close. Shayna hates me. Graham, you are that person. The Manta Foxtail. The Manta Foxtail is listening in tonight. <gasps> now I don't know if the Manta Foxtail gets the gets the reception on the radio aerial to which it is attached. Mm. Uh, however. Is, very good. Is the sale of the century what Adrian Newey has left Formula One to design? Oh. <laughs> I see what you did there. And spelled seal, S-A-I-L, of course. Ooh, they'll be, we'll, be, we'll, be picking our, uh, we'll be picking our tweet of the week later. I like that. Moving on. 11 tyre trolleys. 
Ooh. And we'll start with uh, Graham with this one. I, I thought that was going to be something like 11 tyre trolleys, 10 damage wheels, <laughs> 9 pit stalls. Oh, <laughs> 11 tyre trolleys. Are we talking the kind of... No, the, um, £750. Ooh. John. £250. Shay. £3,000. £3,000! <laughs> Another point for John. Only £160 for all ten, for all 11 of them. Mm, that's wow. a bargain. That's a massive bargain, yeah. So that's uh, less than £16 each. Yes, that's about £14 each. Wow. Next, 10 cartons of used and scrapped brake discs and pads. Mm. And, and it was very clear that these have no useful life as brake discs or pads anymore. No, but you could make them into clocks or memorabilia <laughs> or things like that. You could do. Which that's that's what they'll have been bought for, I think. So ten cartons. Or of, of course to run on London taxis. Ten cartons of uh, <laughs> discs and pads, and we'll ask Graham to go first. Seventy-five quid. John. Ten cartons. How much in a carton does it say? Doesn't no. say. The cartons quid. looked quite big. All right, hundred and fifty quid. Uh, sorry, what did you say, Graham? Seventy-five. Yeah, seventy-five quid. He's actually uh, writing these down on a spreadsheet. You know that. And I can't do spreadsheets. Shay. Seventy-six. Seventy-six. Oh, terrible. Oh. Person. Another point for John because they sold for five hundred and ten pounds. Oh yes, that's God. right. Someone has spent more than five hundred pounds plus VAT plus the uh, hammer fee plus delivery on some used brake discs and pads. And they're all going to turn up as wine racks, clocks. Door stops, pieces of art, all of them. Every oh, single oh, one. Oh, no, no, John. All on a Marussia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Marussia getting the upgrade this weekend at, uh, well, oh, there you are. I expect them to go faster then. That'll be fantastic. What Marussia are doing are buying all this rubbish. People are saying, who is buying this? Marussia are buying this rubbish to auction off at a profit to try and pay off the debts that they still have. Moving on. An ally helmet dryer and helmet dryer stand. Ooh. Uh, we'll start with John. £250. Graham. £400. £400. Shay. £500. £500. John's got this one uh, again because oh. it sold for £75. Well, that's wow. a bargain. bargain. I would have bought that for £75. Quid. Yeah. Do you often have to dry your helmet? I have two RI helmets, and they both need to be dried regularly after you've worn them. And there's nothing worse, as anyone will tell you, is, put, is getting anywhere near a damp helmet. That's Moving true. on. Our next item is a quantity of used and unlaundered team clothing. Right. Shay. Uh, £350. £350, says Shay. Graham. There's no 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 point no point in asking the question of how much is a quantity of. Yeah. No. Um, I'll say five hundred pounds. And John. I'm going to say six hundred pounds. And by the way, Simon Speechart says helmet dryer. Uh, was he a racing driver <laughs> or not a racing dryer? <laughs> That's H E L M U T D R E I E R, of course. Yes. Helmet dryer. Uh, Very he good. was uh, Austrian, of course. I think he was. Yes. Uh, Sold for £300, so point for Shea. Aha! This is tight between me and Shea here. It's not. You've got no. five, she's got two. Yes, excellent. I just wanted to hear Our you Our next item <laughs> is 180 litres 
of Auto Glim Car Shampoo. <laughs> 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 That's oh, gonna I keep your car clean for a long way. time. Not that in any way that we're being profligate. No. Oh boy. Just, just to let you know that Formula One live in the real world, there, Graham. Obviously, <laughs> oh. 180 liters. There was another lot of 60 liters of it as well. All right. Mm. Joe Tiller says, by the way, unlaundered. I thought that was the whole point of Formula One smaller teams, <laughs> allegedly. Yes, thank you. Uh, so, John, how much would you pay for 180 liters of uh, second-hand Auto Glim? Well. Given that Autoglim are a, uh, a partner of Travel Destinations, our official travel partner, I wouldn't pay very much for it because I know that uh, the although Autoglim is a sparkling pl- product that I can get my hands on it quite easily. However, I would think for somebody in the industry, it would have a value. A value, pound a litre, uh, 180 quid. Shay. Is it new or used? <laughs> because it's, if it's still 100... in its sealed bottles. Okay. Mm. Um, Good question, though. I like where you're thinking with that. Uh, £225. And Graham? I think it's going to be 250 John got it spot on. Oh. £180. What? Oh, two. I've got. Sp- I've never done any better, and Damon's not here, and neither is Dex. You cannot believe how annoyed I am that they're not here. They and it's got, just just because of, not in any way that I'm jealous, John. They've not even heard it. There you go. <laughs> uh, don't be confused, says Fabian W. If Marussia has some green parts on their car <laughs> next weekend, and a slightly wonky pit country. <laughs> yeah. almost, almost thought to be almost completely complete. <laughs> Leaning to the left, sir. Next uh, item. Right. Spot. Please make this the last one. There's four more. Okay. Sparco Nomex underwear, monogrammed Guido van der Garde, brackets right. used, close brackets. Ooh. So Guido van der Garde's Ooh. monogrammed but used underwear. So D- it, G- it's GVG. Can I just be... So you did say that the it was the wheel that got the accident damage and there's no skid marks on the, uh, on the underwear. Boy, right? hey! Oh. Too much, too much. Graham, we'll get your bid first. Monogram Guido van der Garde. Twenty-five pounds. Shay. Ten pounds, and it was Guido who bought it. <laughs> John. <laughs> hey, look! It's got me initials on it. <laughs> How lucky was that? Hundred pounds. Hundred pounds. It's a point for Graham. Really? Uh, yes. Sold for thirty-five pounds. Ah. Well, that's a bargain. I suppose you've got to be able to. Do you know what? That is going to be on a well-known internet auction site for hundred and fifty quid next week. There will come. I have, got, I have got a David Brabham. Formula One balaclava signed. I got that in a charity auction one time. Um, if anybody wants to buy my used Sparco underwear, lightly <laughs> used, uh, but used. Uh, I'm going to have a tumbleweed going by the window here. <laughs> class winning every time it's been on, in mm-hmm. fairness. Mm-hmm. Right? I, you know, if you want Yours is bigger than uh, Guido van der Garde's size not, 40, isn't it? It's not. Uh, probably the bottoms aren't very much bigger. The, the, the top, I can't get into dry, the skinny driver's tops. I have to have a one that's built for a normal person. Um, it's. Uh... Do you actually have Nomex painted on, John? <laughs> Put on with a trowel in my case, mate. <laughs> the, the, the back up the mixer. Come on, son. And you go beep, 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 beep. Come on, next. Uh, Sparco Nomex underwear monogrammed Alex Rossi, brackets unused, close brackets. Oh. 
So is that more worth more than what was it? Thirty-five quid? Did you say mm. the other one? Then? So is it we'll me to go get first? John first. Okay, I'm going to say fifty quid. Shay. Ten pounds. Graham. Fifteen pounds. Graham is the winner. Oh, Went yes. for thirty pounds. Less, oh. less than Guido van der Garde. Yes. Well, Alex mm. Rossi didn't actually race, sir, did he? But there's, mm. but there's the whole thing. Formula One underwear from a, uh, a Formula One driver who never raced and never used. Yeah, he still probably put it on though. The, no, it's unused. The penultimate item. Okay. Excitement. Ten empty champagne bottles. <laughs> <laughs> from the director's boardroom <laughs> signed hang on hang on stop stop right now right to quote um, Mrs. Red thank Bull. you very much yes, yes. To, to, Mrs. Horner right ten signed champagne bottles from what <laughs> from a test they did at Mizano what, to test if they caught all the... Sh- <laughs> Hang on. They tested. Oh, they tested to see if they could open champagne bottles. Just in case they ever got on the podium. Hang on. They are priceless. Priceless. I'm not hearing anything about that. Ten empty champagne bottles signed to see if Caterham could ever, ever open a champagne bottle. That is that... brilliant. Signed by who? Signed by who? They were signed by Alex Rossi and Guido van der Garde. Oh, that hurts. We'll ask Graham to go first because I don't think he's shaking talk. Hang on. This is pointless auction item of the week. It's a whole new series. Graham. <laughs> it could be I'll oh, just think of a number really uh, £40 £40 Graham's actually a little bit loud if you turn him down please John I can yes uh, John what's your bid 10 you said he said 40 uh, oh 10 bottles yeah 10 bottles 10 green bottles yes uh, standing uh, in on, this corner uh, I think I think 100 quid I think a tenner a bottle £100 and Shay, what are you going to go with? Eight quid. Eight pounds. Yes. Do you think eighty pence for a bottle? <laughs> yes. It's and actually less value with them signed. Shay <laughs> <laughs> would have paid more for them if they hadn't had the signatures on. Well, who knows if the recycling place will take them back? Rob Jenner, before we hear this, Rob Jenner, is it a wonder this team folded testing to open champagne bottles? This is so funny. Great work. That is... Right, okay, come on, tell us. £135. What? 13 and a half quid each. I would have paid 10 quid for them each. They'll sell for 40 or 50 quid each because of the rarity value. But they're empty. It doesn't so? matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Where, are you, where else are you going to get, for rarity value, a Formula 1... Champagne bottle signed by two Formula One drivers, where you're not having to pay thousands of pounds for it. Well, one Formula One driver and one, one test driver. Who tested, yeah. That Staggering. holds no interest to me as a as I a fan. I think that it's, is. Fellas, fellas, oh, there's, there's, there's two levels of stupidity. There's the level of stupidity to actually pay 130 pounds for them, and there's the level of stupidity for anybody that pays more than 13 pounds <laughs> for those bottles when they finally go on eBay. Absolutely staggering. Alan Prosser says, however, 
In fairness, what you should have gone after was the corks. They were the fasting, fastest moving part of Kit Remeff. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, oh, oh. oh, that could be tweet of the week. I'll tell you something else. You can't use them twice. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Now, excuse me. Normally, I get a bit bored with with Tim's deal of the century. Tim, that was money. That was golden. Absolutely brilliant stuff. There is one final item. Oh, come on. In the cage room. Oh, I can't be better than that. Right. This is uh, the only uh, complete uh, vehicle that they're auctioning. Mm-hmm. It's a Ford Focus 1.8 LX <laughs> TDCI five-door manual hatchback. Registration number EX05 WNU. That's uh, Echo X-Ray 05 Whiskey November Unicorn. Right. First so registered 23rd of the 3rd, 2005. It has 118,000 miles on the clock. Uh, there is one key... Uh, the rear parcel shelf is missing. It has no MOT and has not been on the road for around 12 months. Graham, you can has go it first. Got, has it got Bluetooth? <laughs> <laughs> not listed. £1,000. Oh, Shay. £3,000. John. Uh, 2250 quid. And the point goes to Graham uh, because this sold for £420. That... Wow. That Now, that is a taxi. The thing is, it's had the brake discs, the champagne bottles, the underwear and everything bolted onto it. And somebody <laughs> is running that as a minicab in Chelmsford right now. You know they are. And saying, this is an XR. This is an XK at Remeff I I really, really want to know what the budget for that Mizano test was now. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where the what? broken wheel rims came from. Do you know what? Tim, that is the best, the best deal of the century you have ever, ever done. Better um, than the first one we ever did. Uh, no, honestly, Jeez. Thomas Kyle, um, Dan Hounsel, uh, Pete Hilton, and more and more and more. Just saying, this is the best midweek motorsport, uh, midweek motorsport uh, segment ever. You, that was that was comedy gold that you have dug up there. Those champagne bottles are the best. I am never going to be able to see people popping a champagne bottle now without thinking of those ten practice champagne bottles that were popped by Caterham. And by the way, Haas F1. I hope you're listening. And that brings us to the end of this special tenth birthday show. Hope you've enjoyed the last decade of listening as much as we've enjoyed being on the show. My personal thanks to everybody who's been a part of Midweek Motorsport, especially Tim Gray, who not only has put this show together, but has also made sure that the last 10 years have gone along at a cracking pace. Also to the responsible adult, Eve Hewitt, as well, for mostly keeping us in check. Now, don't forget to join us this Wednesday, 8 o'clock in the UK. For this week, that's 4 o'clock Eastern Time in the States, because we've changed our clocks and you haven't. Let's just make things even more complicated, because that's when we start 10 more years. Well, there's no time to explain. The llama has thrown the cat back at the alpaca. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.